Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Freight Train Podcast. Before we get started for today's episode, um, us and everyone here at Freight Train Studios would like to send our sincere um, condolences to the victims of the Nashville shooting that happened right this week. Um, it was a heinous act created by, done by a horrible, horrible person and nothing, words and condolences and prayers and not do enough, but we just wish that those families of the people involved are, can have some solemnance that the world is mourning with them. So once again, Lux Rider here along with Captain Clutch and we wish our condolences. Captain? Absolutely. It just, it's heartbreaking that this stuff keeps happening. Uh, and heart goes out to those families, you know. It's, it's never easy to lose someone. All right. With that being said, though, show must go on. If your metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. Episode 8 of the Freight Train Podcast. It's your boy, the conductor, Freight Train, conductor of Freight Train, Lux Rider, as always, with my wonderful, wonderful co-host, Mr. Captain Clutch. What's up, Cap? What it do? It's always good to be back. Man, I am so pumped for this episode. Oh my god, dude. We, what? You know what? Hang on, I'm going to start this the way I ended our stream on Saturday, on Sunday. Jumping, 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 them boys up to something. Let's go. As you can tell, I'm in very high spirits because Tyler Reddick and the number 45 2311 racing team got the dub, and man, were they lights out that race, that 45 team. There was no question on what team deserved to come out on top, and they put exclamation mark, even after all those restarts, uh, who deserved to take home the checker flag. Dude, they made Tyler Reddick work for that shit. Oh, my God, bro. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Like, guys, listen to this podcast. Gavin can tell you right now on the um, stream because every Sunday, every Sunday we do live race reacts. How Gavin can tell you how nervous I was and how like just dumb with it I was at the restart, at the restart, at the restart. <laughs> I thought we were gonna get muted and kicked off because. It was getting so intense. Bro, it was like, it was like, like every time. So the thing is like at that turn, the turn itself is already chaotic enough. So from there, you're like, if we got to a green white checkered and you're like, okay, we just, now the thing is, if any other track, any other oval track, the green white checkered goes back pretty quickly because all they have to do is get right back around white flag and then no matter what happens, the race is over. But because Circuit Americas is so long, Turns. Usually, they didn't even, we didn't even get through the S's before the caution came out for these things. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the longest we got before the caution came out was turn 12, like right after that long back straightaway, right? Yeah. 
and then going into like the stadium section, and then the caution came out like, fuck. Like, yeah. good. Those restarts were just insane, especially the mall diving into turn one. I gotta say though, like that battle between Reddick and William Byron, that might have been the best bit of racing. No, it was the best racing I've seen all year. Oh, absolutely. That, um, was, what, twenty to go. Yeah. Just damn. I mean, both of them put on a clinic. They had the fastest cars. They passed each other like three times in one lap. I could, I, I couldn't breathe. Like, <laughs> it was, it was, it was crazy. But the thing is, one thing I loved about it was they kept it clean, which is yeah. something you really don't see that often in road course racing. <clears throat> Ross Chastain. Um, which, speaking of which, we'll get to that fuckhead later. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Look here, like I think I'm. I don't think I'm the only one who has negative things to say about Ross Chastain anymore. Y'all motherfuckers called me crazy for calling out Ross's Ch- Chastain's behavior last year. Well, guess who's crazy now? Guess who's crazy now? There is a, even his own teammate this pissed off at him. Okay, like man. But no, um, going back to the battle between Byron and. Reddick is it was clean it was very clean all the way down like maybe you saw a little bit of nudging a little bit of um bumping or something like that but never anything like race ending for either driver oops excuse me right right they kept it clean they kept it smooth and damn Reddick was quick too Denny Hammond was talking about that in his uh in his show the uh action sentimental he's like I got into the the simulator and we all put down some times. Me, Bell, Truex, we all put some times. Reddick hops in right after us, blows us all out of the water. And, and the thing is, we Reddick's had that for a long time. Like, and honestly, it's funny because we didn't really see it that much when he was in Xfinity and he won back-to-back championships there. We didn't really right. see that much. But when he, I don't know what it was, but when he went to Richard Children's Racing. I think it was maybe the work with the Chevrolet guys or the Corvette guys that just helped him out because, man, every week, last year, even last year too, before he won his races, he was in the contention for the win at Coda in 2022. He was yeah. in contention for the win um, at Sonoma. Like, every track they've gone to, road course-wise, that Reddick's up there. And a lot of people were wondering, like, well – was that the eight team or was that um, Reddick? No, today it proved Reddick is that good when it comes to road course racing, period. Right. Now, 2311 did have good cars, so don't get me wrong. Yeah, they I did have, they had, a, they brought two great race cars. Unfortunately, um, Bubba's um, day ended really early, but we'll get to him later. Um, yeah. But no, both of them were lights out. Honestly, like, the only thing that stopped Bubba from qualifying inside the top 10 was he went out in group two full of faster guys because his group two qualifying time would have put him fastest in group A in, in, the, in the first group. So he was, and he was fast. Like this was, this was probably one of Bubba's best like pre-race performances we've seen on a road course. Like he yeah, was. Yeah, they were interviewing him afterwards asking if there was a mistake. He's like, I, I don't know. I thought there was. Right. He was laughing about it. He was hella quick. But um, and honestly, he took and you know what he did? He followed Reddick. He said even when they went out for the qualifying laps, he stuck right behind Reddick the entire of his qualifying laps, and it proved okay. that well. 
So, and remember what I said? I said in the preseason, I said, guys, I said, Reddick coming on is going to help that 2311 and Toyota's road course program, and it's going to help Bubba as well. And already we're seeing dividends of that. Already. Now, before we get into um, that real quick, one thing we got to talk about before we got to Sunday, we had a little bit of, I'll say controversial move from somebody you don't really expect to be moving people out of the way, and that was AJ Allmendinger in the Xfinity race. Did you catch that, by the way? You know, yeah, AJ Allmendinger, he does have a history of being a little bit aggressive, but wiping out the leader like that, that's that's not AJ. That's not AJ, no. AJ will rough you up, but AJ always keeps it clean, you know? I'm not going to lie, I was a little disappointed in him for that. Like, he, he's so good, there was enough laps left. I don't think that was necessary. And honestly, like, by the way, what we're talking about is, I think it was like 10 or 15 laps ago, he was battling Sheldon Creed for the win. Creed looking for his first win, as always. Um, And going into the same turn that Ross took AJ out in the cup race previous year, he decided to almost pull the exact same move and sent around Creed. Now, luckily enough, Creed was able to get it back going and recovered from, I think he was like 18th. By the time he got back going, he recovered all the way up to ninth. So, really good recovery by Sheldon Creed. Um, but then again, um, Almondinger came out and um, then went on to battle William Byron for the win in that race. But ultimately, he came through and won another Xfinity race. But it was just – it was something you don't expect from somebody like that. You know, AJ right. AJ's kind of classic. So, that's why – honestly – I kind of gave him a I'm giving him a pass for this. Almost like I, I gave Ross a little bit of a pass last year because that was the first time we've seen that from Ross. But now, fuck no. Um <laughs> well, after, dude, that brings us right to Dre Radicate, right? Right. And basically, I think NASCAR needs to take away the drivers have at it deal. Because clearly drivers cannot police themselves. Oh. That has become Increasingly evident. Um, Denny's saying it. Kyle Busch is saying it. All the other drivers are saying it. We need. We cannot police ourselves. And it's a shame. Good. I was going to say Corey LaJoy actually likes it. Of course, Corey LaJoy likes it because the more people that ta- <laughs> they take him take out each other, he just moves up some spots. Like Corey, I love you, but there's a reason you like it. Okay. Like I, I, I see between the fade. <laughs> I see the facade you're trying to pull. Like it's like it ain't right to me. You you keep spinning these guys out and pick up another spot. It's okay with me. I mean, here's the thing though. So I I could see them doing single file restarts, but at the end of the day, the greatest moments in NASCAR history. You think of like the was it seventy nine Daytona five hundred. Think of Earnhardt rattling Terry Labonte's cage. Right. Think of hell like. But here's getting back at Joey Logano. Here's all that happens. Here's where. Here's where it's different is because all of that there, all of those incidents were reactions were um, equal and opposite reactions. You know, Dale getting into Terry the first time when Terry won at Bristol was just Dale just going for the win. He just knew he had to do something. Second time, the second time um, at Bristol years later was. It was a thing here. What it was no, it was a later. It was a later year. It was a later year. I'm telling you, it's a later year. It was a different year. It wasn't the same year. I'm telling you, it was a different year. All right. But I mean, I could be wrong. But then again, I really am. 
Um, <laughs> somebody, somebody fact check me on that. But anyway, um, that was simply because um, Terry got underneath him. Terry had fast tires. Terry got underneath him, and Dale's like, "Okay, where are you going?" And just said, "Hey, let me see if I can move you out of the way." And Dale, as Dale famously said, "I wasn't trying to wreck him. He was what." Trying to rattle his cage. Just trying to rattle his cage. With a Cheshire cat grin. He said it would. Honestly, Dale at that time, his bump and run and and like the rattle his cage was the same way we looked at Eddie, the famous weight wrestler Eddie Guerrero when he was doing his lion cheating and stealing. Like, you're like, oh, that hurt heart. Got him again. Like, it was like, it was dirty, but it was because it was him. It was like, oh, you're fine. You know? But. It's one of those things was even it's a god, yeah. But um it was one the difference between those moments and areas because those were singular moments that happened throughout the season. But recently at road courses, when you when you have every single driver not giving a crap and just piling into each other, especially with these cars having a notoriously bad um rear support. And rear impact absorption, that's dangerous. You know, the days where's the old there's an old German rule of give and take. You gotta take, but you also gotta give. There is no giving anymore. It's just straight take, 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 take. And that is the biggest issue. Is the driver etiquette is out of control because there's no Give, there's no take. There's no giving. It's all taking, and eventually, that's somebody's gonna get hurt doing it. So I think NASCAR needs to step in. But if NASCAR is not gonna step in, I think the drivers themselves need to have their own little meeting. Hell, we might see. You know, if the NFL has the player association. We might see the drivers association. You know, that might do them a lot of good. Yeah. Yeah, and them just say, "Hey, look, if NASCAR doesn't care about this, but guys, we're killing each other." We're hurting each other. This isn't this isn't us. You know, fans love it, but we're getting wrecked race cars out of it. We're getting bad finishes out of it. We're we're going home instead of a clean race car and our heads held high. We're going home with bent with bent sheet metal and hurt and hurt feelings. You know. So, here's the thing, though, is that there's only two road courses where this is a big issue, right? Both of them got long front stretches. Both of them have a sharp turn and a, going into turn one. That's an Indy Roval. Right. And they were talking about that same thing after Indy Roval, too. And also right. the Roval, the Roval itself, but Roval isn't as wide. So I get what you're saying, Nick. Well, what I'm saying is that why don't they just do single file restarts for both those tracks? And I, everything else I, is. I think. Watkins Glen, awesome. Yeah, Watkins Glen, we don't have that awesome. issue. And that's a big, and that's a downhill right hander. You know, and we don't have that big of an issue at Watkins Glen. Right. So. Real quick before we go to break, um, we talked about Bubba. We have to address the comments. He said, and basically what he said was two weeks in a row making rookie mistakes, six years in cup, and two weeks in a row making rookie mistakes need to be replaced. That's what he said. Bubba, you don't need to be replaced. I know fans, the haters, the people, the naysayers, that was the music to their ears was him saying that. Because now they're right. doubling down on that. But the ultimate, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he doesn't need to replace. Captain, you know this. 
Right. Hundred percent. Like Bubba, like he's, it's getting in his head. The dude needs like a life coach or somebody, like a cheerleader in his corner. I am glad you said that. Did you watch Kenny Wallace's show this week? I did not. Because that's exactly what Kenny Wallace said. <laughs> that was literally word for word. That is identically Kenny Wallace said, you know, he said Bubba needs a life coach. You know, he needs and you know, and honestly, a perfect example of that was remember twenty sixteen, Lewis Hamilton, he hired Angela Cullen, who was his physiotherapist. And he and she was with him for 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021 seasons and 2022 seasons. That was the best Lewis Hamilton we've seen in his career. Was those sessions. And because that's who he had. He had her around him all the time, you know, helping him out with dieting, but also help being that support, being that person to lean on, that shoulder to lean on, you know, that um that voice is, hey, hey, you got a bad race, brush it off. You know, don't talk to those people real quick. Calm down real quick. Then go talk to the media, you know. So Bubba needs that kind of person. Now, one driver I can definitely recommend being that for him, Uncle Kurt. I'm calling him Uncle Kurt, by the way. You can't take that away from me. It's Uncle Kurt. It's Uncle Kurt. Kurt Bush is Uncle Kurt now. I'm calling it. But Kurt Bush, because Kurt Bush knows what it's like to be frustrated after a race and then say the wrong thing on camera. He knows what it's like. I mean, hell, he lost. He lost. Kurt Busch lost his primetime ride at Penske for it. So Kurt knows what it's like, and he doesn't want to see Bubba do that same thing. Matter of fact, Kurt was the one immediately after the interview said, "Hey, no, no, Bubba, you're fine. You're fine." And immediately stood up for him. But, but anyway, that's going to take us to our first break. When we get back, a lot of things. Um, we're going to be talking about NASCAR versus other motorsports. What Jensen Button had to say. Um, Chicago Street Race might be in trouble. And also, the Hendrick penalty appeal was heard today. All that when you get back. Thank you for listening to Freight Train Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening to the Freight Train Podcast. For future updates on when all future episodes will come out, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Freight Train CCB. Godspeed, ride on, and chew, chew, bitches. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Freight Train Podcast. As always, it's your boy Lux Rider. With my boy Captain Clutch. Hey, hey. All right, so on top of the craziest that happened, um, Jensen Button finished. Honestly, if you would, by the way, real quick, we were recording this last week. Did you think Jensen Button would have had the highest finish of all the road course fingers this weekend? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have been too surprised. The dude did uh, have some success at road courses in his life. A little F1 championship there. But over Kimi Raikkonen, who's actually raced the cup car before, and Jordan Taylor, who's testing one, like, <laughs> and the fact he was technically driving a regular racing car. That's impressive. That's the most impressive part of it. But yeah, Jensen Button finished 18th, and what did he have to say after he got out of the race car? Oh, well, he had a couple things to say. He had a few different quotes, uh, but the one that really stuck to me is that he said, Coda was like an entire F1 season. In one race. Yeah, suck it, you F1 elitist. Man, you don't know how many times. You don't know how many times. Like, NASCAR fans get so much shit from F1 fans, from S1 elitist fans. It's insane, bro. It's honestly, it's just as bad as um, 
soccer as like football fans, like NFL fans get from like Premier League soccer fans of like, oh, that's not football. This is football. No, that's soccer. Okay. Y'all called it that soccer before. Okay. I'm not going to go into this. I'm not going into this. That's for another rant on a different day. Let's not make too many fan bases upset. I know, right? Exactly. (laughs) But like, it's very identical of it of like, oh, that's not racing. F1 is racing. What do you know about Michael Schumacher and Ed Senna and Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc? Those boys would get raw dogged by any driver in NASCAR right now. And Jensen Button and Kimi Raikkonen and two former F1 champions both agree to that statement. And, you know, Kimi Raikkonen, Kimi's as tough as they come when it comes to F1. Like, this man has won races in multiple decades of F1, multiple generations. So, yeah. So this man came into sport in the – early 2000s, won a championship during the Lewis Hamilton era, raced alongside Sebastian Vettel during the Hamilton Vettel era, and then finished his career driving for um, Alfa Romeo. So the fact that this guy, along with Jensen Button, says, look, this is like an entire season in one race. Bruh, that's a bad, that's that's a seal of approval if I ever heard one. Right, I mean that just goes to show just how tough the racing is. Like, man, they, they put all of the line. Rubens racing, like you gotta be mentally tough. You gotta be physically tough. They talked about both the F one guys were worried about having to get water and step out of the track. Right, they were getting so worn out from the race. Like, did you see William Byron's like calories burn? He burned twenty eight hundred calories. And it also like, does. It race. also doesn't hurt that. This track is in the heart of Texas as well. Oh, yeah. Like, let's not forget that Texas is also very, very hot. True, but, man, you burn 2,800 calories in five hours, that's some serious And one thing that Jensen Munn was talking about with the difference in these cars is the body roll. You don't get body roll in the F1 car. There's no body roll. You know, your body rolls, okay? (laughs) Your body rolls. But with these cars, like... And the way they, the way the cup cars attacked curbs, F1 cars would destroy their entire front wing attacking the curbs the way that NASCARs do. Right. Like these right. guys got two wheels up in the air, like just crazy, insane. Bro. The other thing too is that they're able to, like cup cars are able to pass each other without a DRS. Exactly. So like, it, it's a more authentic form of racing, more grassroots. It and is technologically advanced. I have no argument there. And Kimi Raikkonen said it best. He said, "These the current form of NASCAR is like F1 in the 90s. Yeah. Like, and that, and for those who don't know, that was when we first met Michael Schumacher. That's when um, Nigel Manza was dominating. That's when we saw the later years uh, before his passing, Aaron Senna, Alan Prost. Um, who else was notable during um, those 90 eras? It was just stacked with legends. Stacked time. with legends, you know. Um, Mika Hakkinen, Mika Hakkinen, another another one, David Coulthard. But, yeah, he said those were – he said these cars are almost like that era. And I agree because back then you had multiple drivers who had a chance to win, but now it's, it's not the case anymore with F1. 
F1, like I said, I think in previous episodes and stuff like that is, I don't know if I said this last week before, um, Cody, I probably said this in the preview. Um, now F1, it's about what team gets it right with the generation of car, and then they just take off for the next two or three years. That, that's exactly it. F1 is more about engineering than it is driver talent. Exactly. That doesn't mean the driver talent doesn't matter, because it does. It does. But the engineer who set up the car on Monday has more control over who wins than the guy in the seat. Exactly. And it sucks, but it's just how it is. Um, now, moving on to um, another topic that I took interest in, and this is something we're going to discuss right now because we're about, what, about, what, seven races in, six, seven races in now? The biggest off-season move this year, this past off-season, was Kyle Busch leaving Joe Gibbs Racing, moving over to RCR, driving the eight, the former driver of the eight moving over twenty three eleven, and then Ty Gibbs moving up and replacing Kyle Busch there. So we've gotten a good amount of races in. How do you see? Are you starting? Is there? Are you leaning in any direction on who got the better end of this deal? Obviously, Gibbs not on the level of Bush Reddick, but he has performed pretty well, getting multiple top fives, top tens in the last couple of weeks. That's true. That's true. Gibbs is on the on pace right now to get rookie of the year, so that's pretty good. But man, Bush has done a lot to elevate RCR. Like RCR hasn't looked this good. In, I mean, when was the last time they looked this competitive? Twenty thirteen, when Harvick was still there. A decade ago, like Over. that's that's pretty impressive. Even twenty thirteen, twenty thirteen, Harvick was the only one making noise on that team. Um. Right. So, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Um. But then at the same time, Reddick, um, he got a win. He got Toyota's. He he got he broke the Chevrolet stranglehold on Coda. Coda of America has been run by Chevrolets by the last few years, so he broke the Chevy stranglehold on Coda Circuit Americas. That's also very true. Like he's not doing bad himself. He's actually doing pretty damn well. Both of them have one win. Both of them have one win with their new team, um, early in the season. And it was kind of ironic that they were battling each other for the win. Reddick's had five top fives. Yep. And now I have to be careful when I say this next thing because I know if I say anything negative against Kyle Busch, you'll watch watch him win this weekend. Just like listeners are taking notes. Yeah, after 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 California, I can't really have a negative opinion on Kyle Busch, but I will say this. Uh, he hasn't really set, let's say this, how we expect him to be out, out of auto club. We haven't really seen out since until this past Sunday, you know, like coming out of auto club, we expected every single week, you know, final 10 laps, watch out for the A car. You know, not saying he hasn't, but he hasn't really not, not comparable to like Byron or Larson. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Um, right now, I kind of, I kind of put Bush and Reddick e- equal on how far as how good they're doing with their new teams. You know, I kind of put them on equal level right now. Okay, okay. I mean, Bush is you know fourth in points. Reddick's thirteenth. Right. Um, I think the the difference between those two was Bush finished the first two races of the season. Reddick didn't. <laughs> Reddick didn't. So. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of a, that has to play in it. But literally, Reddick's last 
three finishes, a first, uh, I think a fifth, and a third. Yeah, he's on a roll. So he's been killing it um, the last couple weeks. And honestly, I fully expect him to do the same this weekend at Richmond. But um, before we get to that, we there's maybe trouble on the horizon with the new Chicago street race. Uh, that race is not popular with a lot of people in Chicago. Although, you know, former Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she really spearheaded it. Mm-hmm. And basically anything that she did, Chicagoans did not like. Right. And uh, this is one of them. And this now the, the election for the mayor of Chicago is coming up. And right now, it's not looking like the current mayor is going to stay there. She's actually already lost. And okay. So now it's down to two other people. They got kind of a weird setup with how they do mayors. But yeah, so she's out. Uh, but there's a contract for at least this year. I don't know about next year as well. So we will for sure have this year's race. Right. They can't take this away. Yeah. So honestly, with that being on the um, that being up in the balance, NASCAR needs to do whatever they can to ease this over with people of Chicago. Like, do whatever you can. If you have to give away free tickets, fucking do it. (laughs) You know, like, bring MJ, bring Oprah, bring, not not him. I was going to say the other Chicago um, celebrity. I will not say his name because he's a freaking idiot. Um, Don't bring him. But, you know, bring whoever is big in Chicago, whoever is, hell, Bring the Chicago Bulls mascot, bull, the um, Benny. Benny, bring Benny the Bull. Like whatever you can to ease this over. Like we want that. We want Chicago to warm up to this idea because they don't want us here. Well, at least they don't want us. It's not that Chicago fans, people of Chicago, do not want NASCAR there. It's they don't want them in downtown. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. They like it. They don't want to. They did the the Brian, What's it called? The bike. The bike. The drive. Right. They shut down Lakeshore Drive for bicyclists. Like, and, and it's just been a bad PR for on NASCAR's part. This right. whole thing in the city of Chicago. So NASCAR's got turned around. They're throwing a concert. That'll be good. Tickets are two seventy five a pop. So that's kind of rough. Right. Because I'd be there. Uh, but you're you're hundred percent. They got to smooth it over with the city because there's a lot of people there who've got a wrong idea of what's coming and what it's going to be like. And so it's it's critical for NASCAR to improve the image. Right. But I will say this. This race, though, is big for NASCAR in more ways than just that. Because if NASCAR can race, can successfully hold a street course, a race on a street track, then there's a lot of other areas that frequently host street races that NASCAR can go to if Chicago shuts its doors from us. I want New York. I want Detroit. I I will say this. I will say this. If we can make Detroit, um, Chicago work, I'm going to be paying attention to the IndyCar race at Detroit, in downtown Detroit. Because, honestly, even if that doesn't work, Belle Isle is still a thing. The the race at Belle Isle, you know, um, where IndyCar and sports cars raced for years. That track is a gorgeous road course. The um, street race at Belle Isle, I don't know if you ever watched the IndyCars race there. I haven't. It is a very good road course. It's on a man-made island, you know, so it's not downtown anywhere, but it's still technically a street course. That's 
but it's a very unique track. Another track, honestly, I I would love to see this, but the final turn of this track just gives me nightmares of what NASCAR can do to it. I was gonna say Long Beach, <laughs> but the fountain section and the final turn, somebody's going into that fountain. If NASCAR runs at Long Beach, some there's gonna have to fish the driver out of that fountain. I'm guaranteeing you this right now, and I guarantee you, I'm pretty sure Ross Chastain is probably gonna send somebody into it. Fuck no. Fuck. Get okay. okay, so this is um Captain's last episode as my co-host from now on. No. Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be a horrible thing. The number, they have multiple, multiple people die there every year. Absolutely not. not. <laughs> um but no, if they can make if they can make um Chicago work, like I said, you have options. Hell, even Toronto and Molson, the Toronto Molson Indy that they run the, at every year. You can definitely check it out. You can experience there. Hell, if you want to go back to Florida, St. Petersburg. Mexico City. Mexico. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on. You know how? That would be amazing. Bro, bro, America's losing too many people on the streets right now already over there. Nope, nope, nope. Bro, bro, that's, uh, Mexico City's different. I, 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 NASCAR stayed out of Mexico. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure Daniel Suarez be like, yeah, amigos. Yeah, but mm, 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 mm. let's 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 ease tensions between Mexico before we do that. <laughs> let's not piss them off anymore. <laughs> but no, um, this is big to see if they can do this because at this point, I think that's what Ben Kennedy's thought process was. I think that's the reason why he does the Clash of the Coliseum. He's doing. Um, North Wilkesboro, he's doing a Chicago street race. It's all about seeing what can this new car do and what can we actually do. Like for years and years, NASCAR has run the same um, cookie cutter, the same copy and paste schedule for years and years and years. And there's been really no threat to challenge that. Nobody thinking, hey, what if this? Can we do this? Ben Kennedy is saying is saying no. We're gonna try this. What, what can we? Could it fail? Yeah, but at least we can say we tried it. You know. Right. And honestly, the class of the Coliseum, not that bad. Not that bad. I like it. I, I like it too. But um, and honestly, I have a feeling the the race at the um Chicago Street Race. I have a feeling it's gonna be a grand all time. You know, if we can get driver etiquette, if we can get driver etiquette down. Then I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a great race. And when a bunch of fans went to Clash of the Coliseum and they're like, "Oh, there's too much weed," I'm like, "Bro, NASCAR and weed go hand in hand. Don't, obviously, do not use cannabis while driving." <laughs> Where do we get weed? How do we get on weed? Wait, wait, wait a minute! I turned my I turned my head for two seconds. What the fuck? <laughs> wait, were NASCAR fans actually complaining about weed at the track? What the fuck? There were people who were complaining about it. Yeah, apparently uh, during. One of the shows, uh, everybody lit up. Oh, it must have been. It must have been Wiz Khalifa. God damn it, Wiz. <laughs> and so, like people. Like, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. The two. To be fair. The two concerts there were Cypress Hill and Wiz Khalifa, both of them who have a songs about smoking weed. <laughs> Beautiful. So, like, it's not really that much of a surprise. Um. But no, at the end of the day, like I said, this is more about NASCAR pushing the boundaries of what's um, available for this car, and especially this new car. And honestly, I like it. And 
mask all the traditional fans will hate it but at the end of the day evolution is necessary to survival so hopefully the chicago street race can do well and hopefully we can come back if not though i'm sure there's plenty of other tracks that we can um run another short run a street course at or come to new markets or whatever but guys real quick that is gonna um we're gonna make one final break and then we're gonna come back for the final rundown so we'll be right back after this break that was a horrible run Hey, do you know I also stream on Twitch? Make sure to follow me at twitch.tv slash Luxrider. And now, it's time for the final rundown. Back to the show. Welcome back to the Freight Train Podcast. As always, your boy Luxrider here with my co-host, Captain Clutch. Oh, yeah. Now, it is time for the final rundown. This weekend, NASCAR is back on going left. As we are on a short track, our own, our first legit short track of the year, Richmond International Raceway in Captain Phoenix. But not Phoenix. I said no. take that Phoenix. Yeah, no, fuck you, Phoenix. I'm sorry. <laughs> Captain knows how much I don't like Phoenix. Okay, like I, I can't, I can't digress. Um, but no, um, Captain, you know what? I'm gonna have a really good view for this race because guess what? What's that? I'm gonna be there live. Yeah, and in person. Just, man, I'm excited for you. Like, I haven't been to a, a race in person in a hot minute. This so, is the but, first year, this is the first time since 2011 and 2012 that I've gone to races in consecutive years. Wow. And in 2011, 2012, 2011, I went to the Bristol Night Race. 2012, I went to see the championship finale in Homestead. Okay. Um, so I got to see Dodge's last race. That's cool. Man, I'm jealous. I know. Um, but yeah, this weekend, I'm going to be going back to Richmond. Richmond just hops, skipping away from me. So I'm going to be there for Xfinity and the Cup race. Hopefully, Mother Nature keeps her ugly head away from the racetrack, please. You said 70% chance of rain? Oh, last time I checked, it was actually down to 50. Actually, let me check it right now. Because last time I checked, I checked at work, and it was at 50. Let's see where it's at right up, now. They do have the rate tires, so as long as it's damp, they can still be able to race on short tracks. So. Right now, it is fifty percent chance of thunderstorms on Friday. All right, going the right direction. So it's going the right direction. Hopefully, it gets lower. Um, but that being said, Richmond International Raceway is known for two things: one being the premier short track, very a track where honestly, I don't know if you watched any races last year. This track has actually developed a second groove now. It needed it. It yeah, it Just needed it definitely. Um, I saw it, I saw it briefly, and I saw it early on in the second race, the fall race, um, where the, the second line was almost near to the wall. It was really close to the wall. It was it wasn't even in the middle of the track. It wasn't even in the middle of the turn. It was like above the second groove. So it was like it was almost it was almost the Reddick line. It wasn't exactly the Reddick Larson line, but it was almost there. So. Damn. And honestly, with this new package, I'm pretty sure we'll see a lot more side-by-side racing where that line... Because honestly, at the beginning of the run, um, the bottom line was clearly king. Like, that was, the, that was the premier line you wanted to get the bottom. But as the tires worn out, that high line became the line to run if you wanted to gain speed. So, and it made it very interesting because you could you could attack... It almost, it almost flip-flopped where the bottom line was where you would go if you're just trying to dive bomb into somebody and then you would slide up to the outside line. 
So well, you're at the track. Where, what corner are you gonna be sitting? I'm gonna be sitting right on the front straightaway. So Ooh. where I'm gonna be sitting, I'll be able to see down the front straightaway into turns one, into in the middle of turns one and two, and then they will disappear from me coming out of three, going into four, and I'll see them coming out of three, coming out of four, coming out of three into going into turn four. You basically see almost all of it. Yeah, but the back straightaway was where real action happens. You know that. Yeah, that's true. But um. With that being said, though, it's going to be – hopefully it becomes a very um, good race. Um, Xfinity cars, I don't expect them to really do have that much competitiveness because last year's race was kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. I almost fell asleep in the stands. <laughs> it was bad. John Hunter, Nemechek, and Ty Gibbs stank up that show, man. It was crazy. <laughs> but going to be a spot where people can see you if, uh, or look for you? Um, Look right behind the start-finish line. Start finish line should be right behind the start finish line, about seven rows up, and I'll be there. I think Saturday I'll probably be wearing my NASCAR Xfinity shirt, and Sunday I'll be wrecking 2311 gear, rocking oh, my yeah. 2311 shirt. So, um, but that being said, we gotta make our picks. Right back to oh, another thing I was gonna say. Um, another thing this track is noted for. This is Toyota's playground. The track itself is sponsored by Toyota. And Toyota's just have a really good track record at this racetrack. I want to say they have the record of most wins, or at least somewhat close to it, in recent years. Um, let's see here. Looking this up. Don't be spoiling my picks. Oh no! Well, not the intentional. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Looking at the past winners of this race. Let's see. Uh, I think Benny went last year, right? Yeah, Denny won last year. So last last year, Denny won the first race. Kevin Harvick won the second. Um, past winners of this race, you go back to about two thousand nine. Toyota has won all but one, two, three. Out of, Toyota's won all but four races dating back to two thousand nine, and that's for the spring race. As for the fall race. Let's see here. Toyota has won. Fall races has a little bit more parity with Toyota only winning, dating back to 2009. Toyota winning all but one, two, three, four, five, and six. Six of them. Six or seven. So all but seven races dating back to 2009. So needless to say, Toyota knows how to get it done when it comes to Richmond International Raceway. So that being said, we got truck series. Well, also another thing we got to talk about is truck series at Texas. So honestly, fuck Texas. We I ain't got too much to say about that. Would we'll make a pick. So we'll start with the truck series. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, you go. All right, truck series at Texas Motor Speedway. Um, this is we're not going to see any Cup guys, so it's going to be all regulars here. With that being said. I said I wasn't going to pick him. I'm not going to pick him anymore, but I do think Corey Hyman's going to have some fun there. But right yeah, now, um, honestly, I'm going to go with uh, – I think I'm going to go with Ben Rhodes. I think Ben Rhodes gets it done. Ben Rhodes oh, is my pick. He's been really fast recently in every single track we go to. I think he will be up in that mix right up there. Um, And my – I guess you can – it's not really a dark horse, but – I guess you can say my second pick for that team is I'll go with his teammate Ty Majeski. I think he's going to be um, 
also up there as well. I think it's going to be a door sport. I think all door sport trucks can be fast there, except for Haley Deegan. Um, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, Haley. Who who do you think is going to win the truck series race? So I'm going to go with Corey Heim. Like you were saying, Toyota is a pretty damn fast. So I feel good about that one. And then for Dark Horse, I think the rookie Nick Sanchez finally Nick- is going to pull it off. He's shown a lot of speed, a lot of tracks. I see him punching a ticket into the chase. All right. Now we go into the Xfinity series. Now, one thing to know about the Xfinity race is it is a dash for cash race. Um, do, 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 do. How, does it, how does a dash for cash work? So dash for cash is very, is, oh my God, it's confusing to figure out. So hang on, let me see if I can figure this out. Is it like they have to win a certain so number of races? Or the qualifying races, the qualifying races, how how it works is um basically when there's a qualifying race when they announce one of the qualifying races is you have a qualifying race at circuit americas where the top four regular um series regulars will go on to the next race and whoever finishes highest among them wins the hundred thousand dollars they also qual and then the highest four Regular um, regular drivers, regardless if they were a Dash for Cash participant from Richmond, go into Martinsville, and it almost repeats itself all the way down to Dover. Make sense, in a way? I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. Um, so this, so today, so this week, um, let's see who it was at Circuit of the Americas. Let me see here. Um, do, 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 Xfinity, Xfinity, schedule. Sorry, give me a second, guys. We're kind of behind. Um, I can say something mine if you want while you're looking. Yeah, go ahead. Who you thinks? Who do you think is gonna pick? Is is yeah. gonna win? So I got Josh Berry. Ooh, the great Josh Berry. Shout out to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Josh Berry. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, you know, the Junior Motorsports is always done. Is always really competitive. Um, this just seems like a track that would favor him for a dark horse. Again, I'm trying to go with you know a little bit more of a dark horse. Um, oof, man, I don't know if he's that much. I'm gonna say Cole Custer. Okay, very interesting. Um, real quick, this year's um, the guys who were running for the Dash for Cash is Sammy Smith, Justin Allgaier, Daniel Hammert, and jo- and Sam Mayer are gonna be your four drivers who are racing for the Dash for Cash come Saturday afternoon. Speaking of one of those drivers, one of those drivers is going to be my pick to win. And it's going to be the king of the disrespectful burnouts. I think Sammy Smith gets two wins in, I think, three races or, or so. But this track, I think it fits him well. Um, the 18 runs really well here. And once again, it's Toyota. Toyota's home track. This is not their home track, but it's their house. So I think Sammy Smith gets it. As far as a dark horse I'm going to continue picking him as a dark horse until he goddamn wins. I'm picking Sheldon Creed. Uh, he's got he's to gotta win a race one of these days, man. Why not be while I'm there? There you go. There you go. And now we move on to the Cup Series race. Who do you got? Man, so I've got two my two picks. I've got last year's winner. Talk about Toyota Power. Denny. The delivery man, Hamlin. Okay. Like, I think he's got a lot of speed. He always has a lot of speed at 
this track, Toyota's always do. Denny knows his way around it. This usually favors guys who have a lot of experience. So I feel real good about that one. My backup, I don't know if I could really call him a dark horse because he's already won twice this year. But my backup would be Willie B. Last year, the spring race, he led, what, 120? 130 yep. laps? Mm-hmm. He came out, I think he finished third. Yeah, so, got a bad end of the late race pitch strategy. Yeah, yeah. So I, I see him continuing his dominance and potentially pulling away with another victory. Yeah, he's been he's been really fast this whole year. Like honestly, every there's not a track we've gone to there he has not been in the mix for the win at all. Um, right. I'm going to agree with you, but not so much because I do believe that my winner and my pick is going to come out of the Joe Gibbs Racing Staple. But it's not going to be the 11. It's going to be another driver who really runs well at Richmond and has a good amount of Richmond wins to his own credit. And we already saw the last time we had a short track race at the Clash. He took the victory lane. I think Martin Truex Jr. finally snaps that winless streak. And I think Martin Truex Jr. gets a win. Um, As far as my, my dark horse, he's been getting solidly good finishes. We talked about him earlier. He's leading rookie of the year. Think there's any track where he's going to break out and show he's deserving of that ride? He won the Xfinity race here last year. I'm picking Ty Gibbs with my dark horse. Okay, okay, I can see that. I can see that. All right. Well, we've taken up enough time as it is. So with that, guys, I will see you guys later next week. Um, see you guys for episode nine. I'll recover my. I'll go over my weekend at Richmond International Raceway. If you're going to the track, I'll be handing out some. Um, business cards i cannot wait to check those out but um as always guys you guys know the drill for captain clutch and myself say good night cap adios godspeed ride on and chew chew bitches adios